Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Matt Deitch, always with Scott Sturman over here. Tonight we're joined by special guest uh, Troy Didi. Uh, welcome to the show, Troy. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Glad to have you here. Um, something kind of, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Troy. Well, uh, where, do, where do I start? Uh, 34, um, grew up in Yankton, South Dakota. Uh, pretty much down on the Missouri River, about an hour and 15 minutes from Sioux Falls, if, if you're not familiar with where that's at. Um, graduated high school there, went to Mitchell Votech, did a couple years at the electrical program there. Uh, now I work at Raven Industries as an engineering technician and uh, trying to... Uh, Trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's same way with fishing. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still trying to figure that out too. Um, the, the cool thing, kind of why we wanted to ask you onto the show tonight uh, or today, you're a big bass fisherman. Um, tomorrow, this is what is it, March 14th today? Yes, sir. It's the 15th tomorrow, and the Bassmaster Classic starts tomorrow, and you had the privilege of fishing in it in 2015 down in Lake Hartwell in yep. North Carolina or South Carolina yes sir um yeah how was that I bet you that wasn't a fun experience at all <laughs> uh, a little intimidating um you know it's kind of one of those things that you don't you, the dream I guess of a tournament a, a bass tournament angler is to get to that level to have that opportunity and uh, you know, I was just blessed and fortunate to to uh, you know walk through the the grassroots portion of the bass organization and and have that opportunity. So um, pretty intimidating once you get there. A uh, lot of lot of questions, a lot of emotions run through your head. Um, you know, I can still remember you know uh, four years ago uh, what it felt like. You know, the night before it all. You know, the night before the tournament started and everything leading up to it, um, there's just there's a lot going on, and, and um, yeah, it was pretty cool. What was your path getting there? What, you know, you, you had to enter in some qualifiers. What was that? Yep, so the way it kind of works on the, on the bass side of things, the bass organization, is um, it, it all starts at the club level. So you belong to a local club, um, my local club here in Sioux Falls is called Sioux Bassmasters. Um, we were chartered in, I believe, 1974. I think we were the first club in, in the state of South Dakota. Uh, a little, little history there for you. But uh, belonged to a club. And then what I did was I joined what they call the, the Bass Nation. And so this allowed you to go and fish a, a state tournament. So I went and fished a state tournament. Um, did really well there, qualified for a state team, and what they do when you qualify for a state team is they send, uh, they send eight, uh, they send a team of, when I win it was 16 guys, now it's 20, but they sent a team of 16 guys and they took the top guy, they sent him to a regional event, they took the top guy out of that regional event and sent him on to a national event, okay, and then at nationals you fish in a region so I was fishing against the guys in the northern region which were other states such as uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, Iowa, um, let's see what else, M Michigan was in there, um, 
there's a there's one or two other ones. There's like eight states that that I was in. Um, so I was I needed to place on the top of those eight states, and and that's pretty much what I did to to uh, cash my spot at the classic. I guess I we went to I started at um, Lewis and Clark Lake. That was where the state tournament was. The regional event was at Lake Monroe, Indiana. And then the national event was at the uh, Ouachita River down in Louisiana. And, uh, and then, of course, like you said, Matt, the classic was at Hartwell in South Carolina. So, Kind of travel all over yeah, a lot yeah, of different. Did uh, a lot of those places set up and fish the same, or were every one you went to was kind of a total different? Oh, it was totally yeah. different. Yeah, totally different. I mean, you went from, you know, Springfield is like, fishing in a marsh, right? I always describe it as a, a corn maze with cattails. I mean, it's all these little chutes. Some of the chutes are barely wide enough for your boat to fit through. A lot of flipping and pitching. It can be some moving baits, you know, spinner baits and crank baits, but majority of the time it's, it's flipping and pitching. When I went to Lake Monroe, Lake Monroe is a heavily pressured lake, and I, and I swear there was probably only about 25 bass in the whole lake. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I was going... Uh, I was going for one bite a day really? at Lake Monroe. That was that was my goal. On day one, I got two bites. On day two, I got two bites. And on day three, I got two bites. I capitalized on five of those six bites over the course of the three days, and I and I ended up I tied for second place at that regional event. But I I bested all the guy the rest of the guys from South Dakota, oh, yeah. so I was able to move on to nationals. And nationals was. The Wachita River, which I mean, you might as well just pour chocolate milk in a in a stream and and go from there. But that was um, that was uh, you know alligators and snakes and spiders and you know flipping, pitching, buzz bait, you know type of water. I mean, it was it was it was muddy, it was shallow, it was it was just a lot of really what we would call junk fishing. You know, you yeah. see a target, you go check it out. Yeah. Um, so and then the classic, of course. Hartwell, um, it's a her Hartwell is a herring lake, so um, deep, deep water, clear, uh, and the fish are very nomadic. When you have herring and the herring move, it's like you can put something together, and then if you have a weather pattern that moves in, you might want to uh, just scrap your whole practice and just go fishing again. So, yeah, that's that one. It seemed like a lot of deep. They're out fishing deep, weren't they? I mean, yep. Ashley won that one, and he yep. was fishing an underspin in like forty, like tree piles in forty, fifty yep. feet of water. And was that a lot of spotted bass, or was that? They do was have mostly largemouth. I I believe it was main. It's mainly largemouth. There are spots in there, but typically the spots don't win the tournaments there. Yeah. Um, you can come in with a mixed bag, uh, you know, say th three largemouth, two spots, but. I don't know that you know. I don't think it's quite up to the to the pace where you can come in with all spotted bass and win a tournament there. It's um, I, I know it's getting better. The the pool above it is I think it's uh, Lake Kiwi, and that one has some magnum spots in it from from what I've been told. So and you ran into some the tournament day. It was cold. Then it, yeah. it was like wasn't there kind of like a little sheet of ice kind of that? <laughs> There's a lot of boats freezing in the trailers. Yeah. Yeah, we had a uh, Greenville had a 100-year record low 
I mean, it, it was just this bogus ice storm that popped up like inch and a half, two inches of ice, just coated everything, right? And uh, the very first day of the classic, driving my truck down the ramp, and I look on my little gauge on the truck and it says nine degrees, and I'm going, <laughs> what in the world, you know? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's the end of February, and I'm all the way down to South Carolina, you know, I drove all the way from South Dakota, and I'm thinking, might have got I, colder. Yeah, <laughs> it's it probably better. You know, it's probably warmer back home. But yeah, we got we got pulled up to the boat ramp, and the the uh, college guys they always pitch in and help. They need a lot. It takes a lot of hands and feet to put on uh, an event like that. So they uh, they they came up to me before we got the boat pulled up the ramp to back down. They said, when you back down, just stop on the ramp for a little bit and we're going to shake your boat and I said, you're, you're going to what you're going to shake my boat what are you going to do that for he's like all the boats are froze on the trailers the very first boat that got down there it was steve lund he's he's from arizona and it took him 40 minutes to get his boat off the trailer because the fiberglass was froze solid to the bunks wow so it was uh it was pretty I, i've never had that before the other thing the other challenge i had was I didn't, um, so I took, you take your drain plug out at the end of the day, right? Yeah. You let all the water run out of the bottom of your boat. And uh, that morning I went to go put my drain plug in and it was all, it was all froze up. As soon as that water ran to the back, you know, you're in 40, you know, 42 to 44 degree water. You pull out on the one day and then all that water, you know, just yeah. drips out slowly. My plug was completely froze. <laughs> and so I was... I was laying down in the parking lot, and um, Todd Faircloth comes by, and he goes, "You got, you get, your boat plug is froze, isn't it?" And I say, "Yep." What do you think I should do? <laughs> he goes, "Oh, I've seen this before. Hang on, I'll get you something." And he goes to his pickup, comes back out with a can of uh, what's that spray you put on your window, uh, ice melt or whatever. Oh, okay. You get the comes like, in a little aerosol can. Yep. I used the whole can on that thing, and I, I got a thought out and got the plug in there. But I was like, well, never had to do that one yet, and I'm from South Dakota, so I'm still, I'm still learning. Um, you know, as far as the Classic goes, people that maybe they don't know what the Classic is, it's the biggest fishing event in the bass organization. Uh, it's basically their Super Bowl. You could say their Daytona 500, uh, their World Series. Uh, so it's it's kind of cool to like you said that you'd be able to make it and the intimidation factor has probably got to be up there it's like if you really think about it probably like if you're in a sports related thing sitting in the locker room with tom brady before the super bowl you know yeah. you got kevin van dam over there and yeah. you got some of these heavy hitters that you're talking about a, a person probably can get probably pretty starstruck while you're sitting there yep but you got to get out there and get fishing though too i yep. mean once you get out under the water it kind of all that stuff kind of go away or still you know that was very challenging for me it's super intimidating you know you're sitting next to a bunch of guys you watched on tv probably you know since i was probably like 11 years old maybe even maybe even younger you know so that part of it was pretty intimidating once i got on the water though you know i i think once I launched and got away from, you know, the whole crowd and everybody around snapping pictures and all that stuff, I think, it, you know, it's just kind of like, all right, pressure's off a little bit, you know, but you still have the pressure of, all right, I got to put five fish in the boat, yeah. 
you know, how am I going to go about this? And not knowing what this weather, so they, they give you a break in between your, your official practice days and then when the classic actually starts. And that's when that cold front hit. Oh, yeah. And so I'm trying to think, all right, what are the, you know, what are the, what are these fish, what are they going to be doing? And so I go to this spot where I had pre-fished and, I, you know, I had a spot on the lower end of Hartwell and I thought, all right, I knew the cold front was moving in, so I was, I was pre-fishing for a deep water pattern, and I knew that's what I had to do. The unfortunate part was my definition of deep was not what the fish's definition of deep was. They were, they were another <laughs> 10 foot deeper, and I was trying to, I was fishing in anywhere from about 16 to 24, and they were in about 26 to 40, so... Um, but yeah, no, the emotions do, you know, the emotions do, that's, that's probably 75% of the game is, is, is keeping, keeping at it and not giving up and, and not letting that get in your head. And cause that's really easy to do. And, oh, yeah. and, um, I think, you know, going back, there's a lot of things that I'll, you know, there's a lot of the newness will be gone. If, you know, if I ever get that opportunity again. Um, it'll be a little easier of a transition, I think, and I think I can focus a little more and actually f just focus on the fish and not on Kevin Van Dam or Skeet Reese. You know? <laughs> yeah, those Did guys. you go down there by yourself? I went down, so I went down and pre-fished. My, my best friend Jason came down. He pre-fished with me, I think it was right before, uh, it was right before Christmas. So we went down fished um i think about i think we took 10 days it's about a 22 hour drive really uh we took about 10 days went down there and and we just scoped the lake out identified some areas we thought you know might play in um talked to as many got local guys as we could but you know how it is you know you got different weather patterns and lake levels and you know all there's so many factors you can't just say all right go to the spot hammer them you know yeah you know, February 20th, you're just going to crush them right here, you know. <laughs> if it was that easy, everybody would be at that spot. Right, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So, but, like, during the actual classic, I mean, you go back to your motel room at night. Do you got, did you have a buddy along, like, that you could sit and, and talk to? Or, I, uh, or what, were you by yourself? or how? Yeah, did... yeah so I, I had, my wife came down with me. Okay. And so she spent, she didn't come down there right away. It was, it was uh, I think, the... Um, I think it was like the Monday or Tuesday she rolled it in town and, and that same, she had to drive through that same winter system that hit us and coming through, uh, what is that? The Smoky Mountains there kind of going across, uh, the Eastern part of the States. She, she drove through that and rode down with, she actually rode down with my, my parents. And so, uh, she was with me for the, the whole event. My parents were there for, for the event and. Uh, had the kids too. The kids came along. They're they were pretty young. I don't know if they remember too much, but yeah, well, that's still cool. Yeah, yeah that's still <laughs> good experience for them. Yeah. I'm yep. sure. How did you get into bass? You know, being from South Dakota, the land of walleyes. How? Why bass fishing? Why? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I I often wonder that too. You know, it's like how in the world did this take off? You know, well, so to kind of set things up. I started fishing. My dad took me fishing when I was about two years old. He got me started, got me fired up. Uh, we just fished for whatever. We really didn't, yep. you know, we mm -hmm. pan fished. We grew up on the river and down by Yankton, there's a lake called Lake Yankton. It's just a little, little pothole lake right between uh, 
right between the uh, the lower portion of of the dam and then Lewis and Clark Lake, it, and so it's got some little uh, springs that flow into into it. Sh pretty shallow lakes, heavily vegetated, so panfish and bass haven, right? Uh, and and so I just kind of grew up fishing that lake, fishing the river. I really didn't get into the bass uh, the bass until I was probably about 16. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. Because I started figuring out you can catch them on top water. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and that, that's what, I mean, that's what kind of got me, got me fired up. Get them, get them on a top water bite. And it's like, whoa, that's really cool, you know. And, and then you find out, well, you try and throw a top water in October. And why, why isn't that working? You know, it worked two months ago. What in the world? So you start learning these things, you know. You learn windows of time when, you know, you can fish different things. But... And then the tournament thing didn't come in till I was about 20, uh, let's see, I was about 22 when I, when I joined a local club here in Sioux Falls. And I really started, you know, go, really started just focusing on bass and had a local guy that took me under his wing and, and uh, really just, he just poured into me, you know, pretty much everything he knows. Yep. And, you know, it just kind of went from there. Now you're going to... You're uh, going to try to make the classic again, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's um, that's the dream, you know, is just to get to that level again, and and really, you know, not just stop there, but get at the elites. You know, that's really the next step. Is is um, I'm I, that's what I want to do full time. You know, um, the the bass organization has a great setup for. Um, grassroots anglers. It's, it's just the, the average weekend warrior guy has an opportunity to advance and keep growing in the sport. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to do it on two different levels. I'm, I'm still trying to do it on the state level. So I'm competing just like I made it the first time. I'm still competing in the state tournaments and, and trying to make that regional event and the national event and the classic. Um, but I'm also jumping into the Opens this year, so uh, I should just say just one Open to get my feet wet a little bit, and and then hopefully in 2020, uh, got a lot of things to work out, but hopefully in 2020 I can fish the, the full circuit in the in the Opens. And Matt said that that's in La Crosse, Wisconsin this year. Yep. The Mississippi yep. River. You got the frog yep. rod on ready to go. I got a frog rod. I don't know. If I, I don't know if Kermit's ready, but I got a frog rod. <laughs> It seems like that's what a lot of the tournament fishing over there usually is. is yeah. Um, so, like you, you said, next year you're gonna what is are you gonna try to do the Northern Opens then, uh, or all the Opens? So uh, I probably just one, you know, probably just circuits. yeah, one um, section of it. So uh, they are kind of restructuring. Um, they might be going back to how it was, uh, let's see, it would be three years ago where they had um, like six different, six different uh, regions. So mm -hmm. the northern, you know, the northern region was, you know, stretched pretty much from probably about Wisconsin over to kind of New York yep. in that area. 
and then there was obviously southern, eastern, western. I think they had like there was two over on the east side that were kind of in the middle, kind of that middle section. Yeah. All these hot bass lakes, tons of anglers all over. You know, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, all them states. There's like Mid Atlantic, I think, was the division, and there was one other one over there. But so it used to be broke up like that. Now, right now, they have it broke up as eastern and central. So, oh, okay. And that's pretty, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So the one I'm fishing this year is considered a central, and next year it it may change. But that's kind of in the works. It's kind of up in the air, and they're trying to look at some additional opportunities for you know the grassroots uh, portion of of bass. So obviously you got a wife that's pretty understanding. Uh, that's an understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I'm sure there are days where, you know, she is at her wit's end, you know, um, but I, I tell you what, she is an absolute sweetheart, um, my biggest fan, biggest supporter, um, you know, she has seen me at my lowest of lows, and she's seen me at my highest of highs, and she loves me through it all, you know, and so to have that, I mean, I, I'm blessed beyond more than I deserve, so... Yeah, that's that's, that's another. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have that support group. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's that's what it takes. Yeah, absolutely. And I got you know the my two little girls. You know they they are a huge support, and I have my extended family. You know they chip in, and you know obviously I, there's a lot of time where I'm gone on the road um, for sometimes ten days at a time. You know before I'm back, and and uh, friends. We have a lot of friends that are willing to pitch in and. And help out because it, it definitely uh, it definitely takes a village to raise uh, raise kids. So, yeah. well, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that don't tournament fish or, or especially at that level, those like top levels and stuff like that in the supporting parts of it is the time it does take. It's not like you can just go there and oh okay, the fishing tournament is this you know these three days. Well, I'll get there the day before and then. Yeah. The first time you're on the water is the morning of the first day. If you want to be competitive, it's not going to happen that way. You, right. I mean, it takes a lot of practice. Yep. It takes, you know, going down there and, yeah, time on the water. It's just crazy. Yeah, nothing can replace time on the water. I mean, there's really, there's really, you can do things to help you aid. And, and once you get there, you have an idea of what to expect. But nothing nothing can replace that time on the water that is extremely valuable and you have to be um, you have to be in tune with what's going on and every little thing you know you just pick up all right you figure out this pattern you figure out you got to put together a couple you know two three yeah, patterns yeah. and then all right well then you start thinking weather situations come coming up right yeah so you put together this pattern, all right, well, this pattern works, so let's see, you know, if we can get another one. And then you start falling back, okay, if we, if the weather drops, if we get some, you know, cold conditions, all right, the fish might slide back a little bit. So you got to be prepared, and you got to have stuff in all different areas. You can't just say, all right, it's going to be a shallow game, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a, you know, I'm going to throw a buzz bait for three days straight, and I'm going to crush it, you know, yeah. and one of those days you might have bright bluebird skies, you know, and, or it might be windy, right? Bus yeah, bait, you can't yeah, throw yeah. a bus bait when it's windy, you know? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, I mean, you gotta be able to adapt, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, At that qualifier, going into the last day, you had to know that you had 
you had a chance, right? I yeah yeah. I mean, I was back. I think I was back eight ounces, and so kind of the way it works, they do a really good job of like building the suspense, right? So <laughs> they're holding people, you know, they're holding people in the back, and they're they're you know they're they're bringing them in, you know, strategically to keep you know keep the crowd in tune with what's going on. So I'm sitting in the boatyard, and I'm parked parked right next to JJ Patton. He's he's uh, one of the he was the qualifier from Iowa, and coolest guy ever. He's a he's a doctor down there, and uh, so we're sitting there, and and uh, he comes up to me and he goes, "How'd you do?" And I said, "Well, I I got three. And he's like, oh, I got two. I was like, uh-oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be close. Because yeah. I had I had one fish that was like two pounds, and then I had two squeakers that barely made 12 inches, right? And so if he had two, you know, a two and a quarter and a two and a half, it was, I, you know, I was gone. I was out. And so we were sitting there. Neither of us knew either, right? And uh, so... Yeah, they take us up on, take or they take me up on stage, weigh my fish, and they're like, "All right, you're leading, you know, you're leading for your division, you know." And then they put you in what they call the hot seat, so you're in there and you're waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, are they ever gonna bring out this last guy to weigh so <laughs> I can figure out what what's going on here? And so they bring him up and puts it on the scales. I didn't even want to watch. I was just like, uh, I, it was. There was emotions were running high. I bet. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. And so how many how many ounces did you win by? Oh gosh, what was it? I I think it was close to a pound. Really? I think it was close to a pound. Yep. Yeah. So, so you just run up on stage and just kind of. I was just I was I was just struck. I was like, because I thought I had completely just flopped, right? That third day of nationals, I had one fish up until I think it was a half hour or 45 minutes before weighing. I had one fish, and I'm just thinking over in my head, oh, you know, what, you know, what is going on, you know? And I'm, I'm just grinding. I'm searching. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And, and I was, I was like, all right, I just, I just need to stay focused. I just. And I said a little quick prayer, kind of gave myself a little time out. All right, let's regroup, you know. And and just this thing came to me. I was like, you just just have some faith. Just keep going. Have some faith. Keep going. And I just kept grinding it out, grinding it out, kept making casts. And I didn't, I mean, I kept my head down and I just kept going. And all of a sudden, within like the last, it was like the last 10 minutes. I was only about four miles from the boat ramp. In the last 10 minutes, I hook into one and I'm reeling him in and he comes up next to the boat jumps and gets off and I'm going that that, <laughs> that was, was it yeah, you know yeah. and so just like I was already kind of down and then I have this thing happen you know it's kind of a heartbreaker so I'm like oh no so I was like I just all right forget about that let's keep going so I'll make another cast on the very next cast I catch one a squeaker you know just big enough to get put in and then uh the last fish i catch was like a pound and three quarter two pounds you know and i catch that i'm like i gotta go you know and fire up the motor and away i go and uh that's where the you know the waiting game came in 
So. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it, that's um, like hitting that hitting the shot at the buzzer. It's like yeah. scoring, you know, kicking that field goal as yeah. time expires. I mean, you just gotta keep grinding. Like you said, yeah. the biggest thing is like you could have got down on yourself and then absolutely just been distraught and let it affect you the rest of the 10 minutes that you had left, but you grounded out and got to go to the Classic. I wanted to break my rod in half or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Gilmore, just yeah, chucking just... it out in the water, you know? <laughs> At that point, it's like, I'm giving up fishing. I'm done with it. <laughs> go back and just troll for walleyes now. <laughs> yeah, every cast counts. Every yep. cast counts. Yep. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's, like I said, it's so much of a mental sport. Yeah, it really it, is. There's so much more to it that, you know, so, the average person just thinks, ah, you just go out there and you put your lure in the water and it just, you know, it's all about luck. Yeah, it's all about luck. You know, you hear that all yeah, the time. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, let's go out to the river. Yeah. I'll give you this rod and I'll take this rod. There'll be the same rod and the same bait tied on. Everything's identical. All right, let's go, yep. you know? Here we are at the ramp. <laughs> Tell me where the fish are. All right, <laughs> over there, over there. Um, do you do any other fishing besides bass fishing? Are you a walleye fisherman? Do you do ice fishing? Yeah, so um, I do some ice fishing, uh, maybe about a half dozen times a year. I'm still kind of learning that sport, you know. It's way different, you know, and I'm kind of lazy too. So once I get my shack set up and I got the heater turned on, it's like, eh, do I really want to move, you know? And I'm, I'm impatient sometimes, but other yeah. times it's just like, I can't sit here any longer, right? So I do a little ice fishing. Uh, trying to get into pan fishing a little bit in the fall. I've, I've really actually enjoyed um, bluegill and crappie fishing in some of our lakes. We don't have real, uh, we don't have awesome lakes around the Sioux Falls area. You gotta travel a little bit, but there are a couple lakes that seem to, they kind of come around every couple, three years. Yep. So they get drained down and the fishing is not really good for a couple of years, and then they kind of start slowly building back up, and a lot of that has to do with angler pressure. Yep. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody goes there, doesn't catch them one night. Yeah. Oh, there's no fish in there. It's like, yep, there's no fish in there. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. just <laughs> I don't know. go go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah I remember I, was, I have this lake about an hour drive from Sioux Falls, and it was about four years ago we stumbled on some crappie. And, and, and they were all good crappie, like anywhere from like 11 to 14 inches, you know, so great eating fish, uh, you know, and so I, I was actually bass fishing, you know, I was throwing, a, I think I was throwing a net rig, so it's just a little short yeah. bait, and all of a sudden I catch a crappie, I'm like, wow, that's a nice, you know, 12-inch crappie, and I throw them back, and I cast in the same spot, and I catch another one. I'm like, huh, and I throw them back, and I, I was like, oh, I'll make another cast and catch another one. I'm like, maybe I should be keeping some of these, you know? <laughs> so I put a few in the boat, took, you know, a dozen or 15 of them home, and I trolled over in that area, and I have side scan on my boat, right? So I'm going over it with my side scan, and it's just loaded. This whole spot is just loaded, just complete. My graph is just completely lit up, right? It's like, whoa, there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fish here. So the next week I come back, I bring my, my two little girls and the wife, you know, bring them. And we just had a heyday. We yeah. caught like we caught like a hundred some crappie and bluegill. And I think we cleaned like maybe like fifty or something like that. Yeah. And we just we did that for like probably two or three years and then it just kinda had fizzled out and drained down and it'll come back again. But it's gonna oh, yeah. take a while because a lot of people found out about yep. it, and they and during ice fishing is when oh, they yeah. really got crushed. Oh yeah. So, yeah. but it's fun to find lakes like that and 
and then use you know you know you you utilize some of the tools you know spend a ton of money on these graphs and it's like all right well you know let's let's utilize them to fill the freezer a little bit and the kids have some fun the wife has fun you know so now with you know with the kids getting them involved with fishing and stuff like that how cool is it now like with all the high school bass fishing that's starting to come about in all yeah. these leagues and teams and college fishing and everything yeah that's i don't think you know there's a lot of a lot of young anglers who don't understand what that opportunity is <sighs> it's it's an unbelievable opportunity i mean and especially up here in the in the midwest there's not a lot of competition so mm -hmm. You, I mean, jump in, you, you fish, uh, you know, you fish a youth tournament and you can qualify and go fish a national youth tournament and you can go and meet some, you know, go fish a lake down south and get to meet, you know, tons of, tons of the pros and it, it's a pretty unique opportunity that wasn't quite around when I was in high school yet. Yeah. Um, so it's not really well known up around the Midwest, but it's it's definitely there i keep so. trying to see if i can go back for my masters and yeah. get, onto a, get onto a college <laughs> fishing get team college, or something yeah. like, yep. get a scholarship yeah you know at the high school there i mean some of these colleges are even going and they're recruiting anglers yeah, just some like of them they, are starting to give scholarships out yeah, for it i really? think now. they're going and recruiting anglers for their for their team yeah and you know the scholarship opportunities are there and and uh, just really neat, you know. You would have never thought, all right, well, you know, fishing, you know, it's usually football or basketball or something, you know. Yeah. One of those, the, the scholarship opportunities are there, but fishing on all things, you know. How cool. I'll take it. Yep. Yeah. I'll take it. With well, all, well, no, go ahead. With all your travels, obviously you fished a lot of different lakes. What's your favorite lake that you've ever fished? Oh, man. That's a tough question. There's, uh, you know, I think we're pretty spoiled in South Dakota, Honest, honestly, you know, even though I've traveled, you know, I've fished down in Florida, I fished in the Carolinas, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Tennessee, um, you know, obviously Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, out of all the waters, we're pretty doggone spoiled up in South Dakota. We really are. And I think a lot of it has to do with we're way the heck up up here, you know, in the middle of nowhere, really, you know. But we also are a walleye dominant state, so a lot of guys are distracted, you know, what I would consider distracted from bass fishing, you know. So yeah. we have awesome walleye fisheries, uh, but and so the bass kind of get overlooked. And so I would say, I'd say Oahe is is probably you know if I was gonna if I was gonna single one out, I would say. Oahe would probably be my favorite. Now that it's it's kind of a, a double-edged sword there too sometimes because that it can come back to, to bite you. But it's uh, when that wind blows, it, it she bears her teeth. That's for sure. Well, the elites found that out last <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. You know, there's some. I don't think there's a couple of them that didn't even. I don't know if they went out because of the wind. I don't know if that was a practice day or what up there. But yeah. did you go up to that and watch? Yeah. Them? Did you? Yeah, I followed a few of the guys around and. And uh, participate, you know, just kind of participated in in the crowds and yeah. whatnot, and and talked to a few guys that I've you know met over uh, over different tournaments, and 
and the classic obviously met a few few of the anglers there so i think that's the coolest thing about what the elite series i went to the one out in at the mississippi river yep. in lacrosse a few years ago and just how approachable those guys are yeah. i mean it was it was weird for me because you know being a big bass fan and you know it's like oh like all these guys and it's like they pull up on their boat with their boat and you could like walk down there on the dock and stand there and talk to them while they're loading up their fish and then they come up there and they're or they're waiting for a weigh-in bag and you're going up there getting pictures with them and they're just standing there talking to you it's yeah. just like uh, it was pretty cool yeah um, so um now with the suit you said sue bass masters is what you're a yep. member of yep um how does a person you know if we got anybody that's watching or listening they want to you know it's something that kind of interests them how would they go about getting involved with being in a club like that a bass club sure there is uh on the bass website so you can go to bassmaster.com and you can actually search um you can actually search what state you're from and then you can find your state representative on the Bassmaster website the, they'll have their contact information on there as far as email and phone number. You can get a hold of them, and then they kind of handle the dispersing. Like, okay, well, you're in this area, you know, um, here is the club that is in that area. You don't have, you can go to any club you'd like and mm -hmm. join any club. Um, but that, that's the main way. We have our, we, we do a couple different things. We have our own uh, Facebook uh, webpage. So if somebody, types in Sioux Bassmasters, they can see, hey, look, there's a there's a bass club in Sioux Falls. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the clubs do that. Um, another thing we do, we just put out, you know, we, we got to find every every uh, bass guy that we can up here, right? So we we put out a, an advertisement on, um, on Craigslist. Oh. Just say, hey, you yeah. know, if you're a bass guy and you want to, you know, get involved with a club, Here's the contact information, and and that's, you know, um, that's really kind of what we what we do. But the the Bassmaster.com thing is probably the most popular. And you can join it as a boater, a non-boater. I mean, as long as there's enough boaters. I mean, yep. You as can. Far as that goes. You don't have to have a boat. You don't have to have a. You don't even have to have a bass boat if you do have a boat. You can. You. It doesn't really matter. We had you know several guys start out in like 14 foot like john boats and everything right um so even if you are a, a person without a boat you can still join a club and you can get paired with someone who has a boat and that's the cool thing about the that's the cool thing about the you know the bass organization is or some of the or other organizations are the same way where you can get paired with somebody who um maybe knows the ropes really well yep. and the way I always share it with with folks who are asking questions about it is it's like first for a lot of anglers coming into a club it's like a free guided trip it really you know, is you, you might get paired with somebody who is an absolute stick on this body of water and can show you exactly what's going on yeah. and, and I've oh, actually yeah. contemplated about going back and being a co-angler in a lot of our state events because I haven't ha had the opportunity to fish with some of the guys that are really good. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's a unique opportunity, you know, for anybody who wants to get in. And I'm sure in any of the tournament scenes, it's, it's the same way or there's, there's those opportunities to, 
to uh, get in and kind of learn the ropes really quick. Yeah. So. I know that I started off as a non-boater years ago down at the at Okaboji on the Iowa Great Lakes Bass Club. Yep. And like you said, I got to fish with some guys that I learned a ton from those guys. Just yep. fishing in the back of the boat, watching to them, they were talking, and a couple, actually I think there's a couple guys from Sioux Falls that would come down there and fish in it. So sure. Yeah, definitely get out there, give those a try. Um, now I guess the question is, FLW, Bass, or MLF? <laughs> what do you uh, what do you think about like this shake up and like the you know there used to be the two major flw bass that was kind of your major fishing tournaments for bass fishing and now with the addition of the mlf yep we'll uh, say as a fan watching as a fan watching yeah uh i think i think the most exciting is mlf I mean, there, it, 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 you just get to see so much more of what's going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and and so you see you see every little bit of what's going on, and you see the intensity that MLF brings because they know what the next guy in the next boat has, you know, for weight, and so it adds a whole new level of. Uh, you know, a whole new level of competition, and and um, you know, I, I'm sure the emotions run a little bit wiry for a lot of those guys. I'm, it, it's got to be, um, yeah. I don't know how I would do. I've never fished an event like that, so I guess I can't speak on on uh, knowing what it would be. But from a fan standpoint of watching, I think the the MLF was is definitely. Um, pretty exciting and then uh, bass um, bass live can be um, pretty cool to watch too i think they're really getting into uh, being able to view more of the details before it seemed like it was kind of like okay let there was a delay in there right Mm -hmm. so like they cut out a lot of the you know a lot of the dead space and then you know it's like Oh, let's go over to so and so, and all of a sudden he's catching catching a fish, right? And MLF does a little bit of that too, but I think with the bass side of things, they have Bass Live. They set up a quad screen so you can see four different anglers fishing at the same time. I think MLF does the same thing too, but um, but you can really see those guys now and and really see you know what they're going through and the decisions and how they're making the decisions when they're making the decisions and. And uh, so, as a viewer, they're they're increasing their coverage dramatically, and I think it's good. Yep. You know, I yep. think I think this whole uh, this whole mix up is really is really good. I'm sure it's probably you know there's been a lot of questions being asked. You know, in this first couple of years, to really tell you know where where the sport is going. But um, you know, from a stand from a fan standpoint, I guess watching, you know, MLF definitely there's a lot of excitement that happens there for me for me anyway. Yeah. There's so. we've talked about this before. There's still something about that that way in though. Yep. That like not knowing yep. and yep. putting like you said earlier in your experience, like, oh you need he needs eight ounces and yep. it's just like Ugh. Yep. But how about uh you got your fantasy team picked for this weekend, you know, honestly, I uh, I, I um, was tending to too much, 
too much uh, water issues yeah. this week. We've got a ton of rain in South Dakota. Yep. Absolute ton of rain. Um, and we had it last week too, you know. Yeah. So, And I just got back from Kentucky Lake. Honestly, I haven't had any time to, to really – I've done a little research. I've done a little research on who I, you know, you know, who I think will, you know, be at the top. But no, no, no fantasy fishing picks. Who, who, who is it? Who, who's going to win it? Who's going to win it? You know, I uh, – I, I still re- got time to change mine. <laughs> I re- <laughs> I've been looking at Ott Defoe. I'm just thinking Ott is gonna be is gonna be one of those guys that he he's really just do. I mean, yeah, that's, he, he that's, is. He's a stout angler. Um, Heck of a guy. He's a super nice guy. Um, you know, and doggone it, he can fish. Yeah. You know, um, there are there are a few other picks. You know, I have. This is so tough because I look through the list of anglers and I'm thinking. Wow, you know, there's so many, there's so, there's so much potential here, you know. It could be any one of these guys, but you know, Ott is the one that stood out. Another one was Jason Christie. That that dude, I mean, he's he's another guy that's due. <laughs> and then you might have a couple guys who, you know, they're they're the ones that they're kind of like I don't know if you want to describe them as the dark horse or whatever mm-hmm. but you kind of know their strengths a little bit but you're not quite sure if it'll play in but like a guy that I've been kind of watching Micah Frazier yeah yeah he's kind of been flying under the radar yeah he's getting, the last few years he's really yeah he's um you know he could be one of those guys but you know and then you got your you got your sticks you got your you know your KVD you got your swindle you got Ike Polinick yeah um, you know, so if the smallmouth come to play, Polinick might be a, he might be a pretty tough one. Um, and, and then you also got your, you know, a couple other local guys. You, uh, Brandon Card yeah. is another guy that he, uh, he might come swinging. I think that Brandon Lester could kind of surprise a few. And, yeah, you got your West Coast guy, right, you know? The, he was uh, Angler of the Year last year. Is that right? No, that no, was that was Lucas. Justin Lucas. That was Lucas. Lucas. So. Yeah, he could. Yeah, it's like you said. It's wide open. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's... lot of guys. Like when it comes down to it, uh, and it, you know, you got to put three days, three good days together. You can't yep. just have one or two. And yep, the consistency's got to be there. And it sounds like I was kind of looking at the forecast for Knoxville, and the forecast was anywhere from about that 52 to 60 degrees. So we're not going to have a ton of warming water. No, no. And the first two days could be partly cloudy. And I think actually tomorrow, which is the first day, is actually the warmest day. I think it's supposed to be 60, and then it's going to be gradually dropping and trickling off. Nighttime temperatures in that 32-ish area. So it's not going to, you know, it could be... It could be a crankbait deal, you know, when it's all said and done. It, yeah. But, you know, like I say, sometimes the the smallmouth, if the smallmouth come to play, you could see you could see some some brown bags, some good brown bags weighed in. Got any sponsors that you want to give a shout out to? Oh man, Help you do get I through ever. this? This is uh, that's that's how I that's the only way I can make it. So, uh, Nitro Boats, obviously. They're a big one. Uh, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, Lowrance, Dobbins Rods, Lose Reels, Pro Patterns, Biospawn, Sixth Sense, Eco Pro Tungsten, 
Um, Solar Bat, let's see. Thank you guys for all you do for me. Um, really appreciate it. Couldn't be where I am without you. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. I'm looking forward to uh, 2019. I'm ready for all this ice to disappear. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Him not so much. Yeah, I he know, likes I'm the ice fish. He likes the ice fishing part of it. So well, you better make it quick because it's going fast. <laughs> I don't Get your waders. You might need your waders if you go out there this weekend. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I I'm I'm looking forward to spring though too. I yep. mean, yeah, but. I know. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, yeah. The best yeah. of luck this year, the We're coming going years. To yep. Oh, you are okay. We're, awesome. I mean, I just decided. Just now. <laughs> yeah, awesome. We'll, be your, we'll cheer you, you on out there. It? No. No. You gonna are they fish? still looking for? Uh, I think there's a waiting list. Is there a waiting list? Yeah. So you can uh, you can still register, and they'll put you on the waiting list. And then if a, you know if a spot opens up, they were. When I registered, they were looking for co-anglers. Were they? That's what I would go as, is co-angler. But now, I just had a buddy who tried to register, and they put him on a waiting list oh, okay. as a co-angler. So, I don't know where they're at, but they do have some some priority things that do happen uh, for the Opens. And I think they're beyond all their priority picks. I think now they're, they're just filling the last few spots. So, I think it's going to be a full field, but... Yeah, they usually yeah. are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck. We'll be looking for you awesome. in the future. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yep.